I'm Jake Miller from the Educational Duct Tape Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect those of others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hello and good morning, everybody, all the way from Texas. It may be afternoon for you. It may be even Sunday morning, or it's still very, very early in your day, wherever it is that you are from. Thank you so much for joining us today on another episode of My EdTech Life. Today is episode 70. and I'm wow. just Yeah, episode 70. Can you believe it? I am so excited. And today we have a wonderful and amazing guest and somebody that I've had the honor and privilege to get to know recently within the last couple of months. And we'll talk a little bit more about how we connected and how he's been able to be just an amazing connector of other educators and education leaders. And it's just been wonderful. But today I have the honor and the privilege to have a great friend here, Dr. Matthew Joseph, who is joining us. So Matt, how are you doing today? Oh, Fonz, I'm psyched. I'm psyched to be up. I'm really excited to chat with you. Uh, I, I love that we have an opportunity to connect and have a recent um, connection. Like we met recently, Mel, I, another person I had a chance to meet yeah. recently, and just how we've been able to grow and move our own practice forward by having these opportunities. So I'm psyched to be here. I know you're in Texas, and I'm about a week out from Wheels Up to heading back to Texas to, to Lubbock to speak at an event. And I'm just, uh, I'm just excited to be here and chat with you. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited too. And uh, I know that you've been coming to Texas, coming to Texas a lot. And I uh, know I'm, I'm definitely very, uh, you know, Texas is very big that, you know, it, it takes a whole day just to get out of Texas. So even just yeah. to get to see you that day, it'd be like a almost a whole day drive. So hopefully, you know, like you said, you'll have other speaking engagements as busy as you are and just uh, getting a little bit closer to central Texas than, than that way. We could, that'd be yeah. great to meet up for sure. No, that's funny. You said, oh, I'm close to Austin. I said, oh, yeah, really? Like how long? You're like five hours. That could yeah. get me. I'm from Massachusetts. That get me from tip to tip. Five hours. There you go. I can go from Pittsfield, where I grew up in the West, to the Cape to Cape Cod. There you go, and that's Texas for you, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know, interesting. Uh, I, I think it was. I think I had a. Uh, oh, there was a gentleman that I had contacted, and he he does some amazing work with the platform. And he had posted on Twitter, said, "Hey, yeah, I'm going to be in Texas in the San Antonio area. Does anybody want to catch up?" And I said, "Sure." You know, I didn't know how long he had, and then uh, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm four hours south," and He's like, there, there's still, you know, people four hours up. Like, yes, yes. Yes. That's how big Texas is. You yeah. Know? It's amazing. For sure. Yeah. All right. Well, again, as always, just always great to, to catch up with you. And I know uh, we were together uh, yesterday for the, at the learner's lounge and everything and the leadership lounge. And yeah. it's just an, an amazing, amazing thing that we'll, we'll get to talk to sure. talk about right now shortly. But, you know, for those of uh, our audience members that are watching, I know Mel just joined in. She's, she's actually, Mel said she is actually sitting down on a chair waiting for her vaccine. So it'll be good to, to listen while <laughs> You awesome. know, so yeah, so she's there all the way from Colombia. So thank you for joining us, Mel. 
So, uh, Dr. Math or Matt, uh, Matt, oh, that's Matt. fine. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> All right. For our audience members that are watching or getting to know you for the first time, you know, just give us a little brief introduction and tell us something interesting about yourself that people may not know. Uh, sure. And what I love about, you know, connecting today and before we got on a lot of shows do pre-shows or questionnaires. I'm just learning these questions on the fly. So yeah. for me, that's that's awesome. And I think it's so authentic. I really appreciate it. So for me, uh, I'm an educator in Massachusetts. I've been here my whole career. I uh, was an elementary education teacher and principal for about 20 years in there combined, about 10 years of each. And then I actually had a chance to work with Apple and launch the first one-to-one -one initiative in Massachusetts. And we launched the Berkshire Wireless Learning Initiative modeled after the main wireless learning initiative. Gosh, that was about 17 years ago. So when people say now like, oh, we have a great idea. We're going to go one-to-one. -one, I was like, yeah, I was in my thirties. I'm almost 50 now. Like I got you. Um, and, and from there, um, I saw the power of leadership through working with Apple and working with the district. And that's when I went into administration and was a principal for 10 years. I moved east, closer to Boston. And, and then the last five years, I've been in a district leadership position. For three years, I was a director of innovation and digital learning. And then the last two, the director of curriculum and instruction. And as far as interesting, I'm, we could go in so many different ways. <laughs> and for those who've known me for a long time, know that they're probably like, please don't say that. But um, a few couple tidbits, and then I'll get into one that's a little more professional. But I think two things that I'd share that come up to my mind. One, I have been scuba diving many times. I've been scuba diving in a few different countries, and it's something that I enjoy. I haven't done it in a bit but it's something that I have a license. It was a college class I took, one of those like, what else can we take? Let's take scuba. So I took scuba diving. Um, another interesting fact, I have you know multiple tattoos that are incredibly important, impactful for me. My most recent one is my uh, Boston College ego for when I graduated my doctorate degree. It was one of those things where you walk in, you're like, what can I do the first day to make it me memorable in this doctoral class? Like, I think I'm so great. Like, if we all graduate, we get tattoos of the eagle. And I think I was the only one. So uh, not the only one to graduate, the only one that followed through. Actually, a principal friend of mine, Ian, who's a superintendent up here, did as well. So we followed through. But I think something that is relative to what we're talking that is interesting is that I do a lot of practice. What I mean by that is when I write an article or, or my book, I actually take a walk and speak it. Because for a, a long time, I was really fearful to write. I'm not a great writer. And for, you know, Daphne, who's editing my book now, she knows that. <laughs> so I need a lot of practice. So I like to go on walks and, and speak because I'm a lot more comfortable doing that, things I'd want to say. And then I listen back to it as a read, like what it would sound like as a reader. And I actually use my, my phone, my Apple device, and use notes, and it translates it for me. It, it takes my speech to text, and then I can read it too. Um, and I do the same thing with presentations. So like this event and I'm going to in Lubbock or I was, or any event that I do, I actually run through the whole thing out loud by myself. I'll, uh, this, this week at, at my school in, in Leicester, I'll have the whole presentation running and I'll run through the whole thing so I can practice jokes, timing, so I can hear it. Again, it sounds like, why would you do that? And, and many people have, who have seen me do this said, oh, that doesn't sound good or because they see the stages. Then, and they're used to seeing the final product. But I think as we continue to learn how to adapt and evolve, it's stages. I like to be very boring at first, boring slides. 
lots of text. And then I start to whittle it down and then I speak it like that's, that's a miss. That's, and, it, and, and it's a process. So my 45 minute keynote is probably takes me a week to do. And I don't, I'm not saying it like, Hey, look how hard I work. I'm saying it's a process. It doesn't come easy. And for those people who are starting, please know that when you see some of these speakers and you see people on Twitter and you're like, wow, that video is polished. It's because people practice like, and, and, I, and I know that might not be super interesting, but it's something you might not think about that even when I was a principal. And again, this sounds silly, but it's interesting. I'd go in in the morning and practice my staff meeting more because I wanted it to, I wanted to respect the people who were going to listen. And if I'm going to wing it, you know what the teacher's going to do? Wing it in their classrooms. So I think it's interesting in the sense that I write, I wrote a lot of my book actually speaking it on my walk and just practices I, I, I try to do. And I think so when it's showtime, like now, I've obviously haven't practiced these questions, but practiced having conversations with people online. Yeah, you know, and that's something that is amazing because I know we, we talked about that a little bit, you know, and, and I had mentioned, you know, a lot of people see that polished product at the end, but just like you said, as all the practice that went into that, all the editing, all the, you know, the, the failing forward yeah. just to get that maybe even 30 second video, you know, a lot of people think like, wow, these people have it together. And, you know, sometimes people get discouraged or get that imposter syndrome and feel like, oh, I, I could never do anything like that. So I'm glad that you, you shared that because I think that's something that's very important that people get to know and get to see that somebody such as yourself that has a great presence and, you know, is out traveling the work that goes in there, the practice. And so you speak it, you practice it, you edit, you do all of that to get to those 45 minutes. And it's, yeah, and, and, it, and it's so important. I haven't, you know, it's only been recently, I'd say in the last five years, been sharing more of that because I always want to be like, oh, I'm, I'm polished. I'm put together. I want people to see that professional look. And then as I started to work with aspiring principals and aspiring teachers or leaders, they got very nervous, like, oh, well, I can't do it because I can't do it like that. And they never saw the stages. Um, another interesting fact, but in the same same realm is when I was writing my dissertation, you know, I'm you know, almost 50 now, I was 42 then. I need help writing, as I said. So at most colleges, there's writing center. And I knew when I was in Springfield College, they helped me when I was an undergraduate. And then I was at Boston College, I take my dissertation, the whole whatever thousands of words into the writing center and there's 19 year old, you know, probably honors English person. I said, could you help me? Can you read this? And she's like, are you a student here? And I was like, yes. Can you help me? You know, can you read through this for grammatical? And I was comfortable enough to bring, you know, I'm a doctoral student. She's an undergrad English major doing tutoring on the side. And I'm just like, can you take a peek at this? And she read it the whole thing and helped me out. And, Again, those are things that I've matured into sharing because that happens, like this is real life. So again, not that interesting in the sense of like, I jumped out of planes, but it's interesting in the fact that we all can do it if you call on the right people. Wow, and that is amazing right there. I mean, pretty much it's like, yeah, we can wrap up the show and just see that, that we, <laughs> we see the power of connection there already. So no, but you know, that's wonderful advice. And uh, of course, everybody here in the comments, uh, thank you all for joining. We have Gerardo Navarrete, who's joining us from Campeche, Mexico. We've got Stephanie Rothstein also as well. Thank you so much, Steph, for being nice. here. And of course, Mel, 
So just so uh, you know, I, have, really I have another one, an interesting actually Texas story. We'll say so. Last year I was down in Lubbock, and I was as I just shared. I was I practiced. I was ready. I went there early. I went on stage, and I went I went out to dinner with Matt Holly. And he said, and I always say I like to wear the college hat of the town, and so I had the Texas Tech. On, and he said, you know, it would be wonderful. You know, would get the crowd going, throw tortillas into the into the stands and i was like uh yeah no i'm not going out to mexico from as the guy from boston and, and then he showed me like that's what texas tech red raiders do and i did it and it was awesome but so sometimes you do just go with it and that is nothing i had ever heard of before and it seems to be a texas tradition in in lubbock for sure there you go so we've got kim who's joining us it says hey, it's kim. so true that when people see the polished professional we think we could never be like that yep yep all right, joining us from Massachusetts. All right, passing the house. <laughs> All right, Matt. So let's talk a little sure. bit here about what inspired you to be an educator, to go into this field. Do you have a, a specific moment in time, whether it was in elementary, high school, was it something that your family does? What got you into education? Uh, well, early on, so from second grade on, it was myself, my mom, and my sister in, in our house. So it was just the three of us. And in elementary school, there weren't a lot of men teaching, and this was early 70s for me. And I finally had a male teacher in fifth grade. And it was like, this is awesome. Like a, a male teacher, I can connect with this person. Not that I didn't connect with the other teachers, but as a 10-year-old boy who hasn't had a male influence for, for years, like that was important to me. And I always remembered that, carrying that through school. Like I want, I didn't think about being a teacher that time. I felt that influence like I want to be able to influence younger kids at that time too because that was important it was a huge transition in my life my parents split and for me that was a big transition so I actually ended up working for that fifth grade teacher Vin Marinero is his name um at the C it was CYC Catholic Youth Center camp I was a counselor so I knew like okay I'm going to work with the kids so I went into Springfield College with either looking to be athletic director, physical education teacher, elementary education. Um, but my aunt Nancy, who was somebody that impacted me, who I'm gonna talk a little bit more about later, always brought me back to the education pieces. That's where you're gonna make the biggest influence. Remember when you were a student and struggling and that's when I um, switched and declared a major at Springfield College to elementary education and been there ever since, haven't left. Wow. I mean, I left Springfield. I did graduate, but <laughs> I've been so, in education since the day I graduated. Wow. And how many years is that now, Matt? I graduated in 93. I worked three years in a private boys' school to kick off my career because it was the only place I could get a job and they paid for my master's. And let me tell you, for those three years, I learned a lot about talking kid de-escalation. I learned a lot about working with students who are, are challenging. Not that I'd tell everybody to go into residential you know, teaching to start your career, but boy, did it help me um, understand how to build a classroom culture. When I went to the public school and we were at our first staff meeting, I'll never forget this. They're like, oh, we're having some challenges. This, this student didn't put his pencil away. I said, okay, two months ago, I was worried a kid was gonna chuck a desk at me. I think I got this, like I'm good. And I think it just really helped me. So I've been in education since 1993. Wow, that is great. And I mean, talk about those experiences in that moment. I, I think one thing that really resonates with me is just like you said, you know, uh, finding a way to make an impact. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, teachers, at least I feel, you know, are, are very undervalued or maybe they don't see 
that impact yet. And one of the lessons that I learned, you know, going into education, like I said, new coming in from industry, mm -hmm. again, like we talked about earlier in the in in backstage before the show. Um, and I saw and I remember my elementary teachers and just how great they were. And I felt like, okay, I can see the impact that they had on me. And, and then now being in that role, I didn't see anything quite yet. You know, I, I mean, you build those relationships, you build that community, but it took me a while into my, may, probably maybe my third year that I said, you know, I may not see the fruit of the labor yet, but we're just planting that seed. And sure enough, it, it was till a couple of years later, because I was doing ninth grade uh, algebra at the time when I first started. And then as the years progressed, I would go into town and then I would run into some of my former students. And then they come up to me, it's like, Mr. Mendoza is like, yeah, hey, I just want to say thank you for what you've done. Look at what I'm doing now. And then that's when it kind of hit me that, you know, really as educators, we, we are investing, we're planting that seed and that even though you may not see that fruit of the labor yet, you know, later on in the years to come, that's where the rewarding, the reward comes when you see how great your students are doing when you run into them and they remember you and they remember something that you they'll repeat something that you said to them, something that inspired them. And, you know, I think that that's what I find something wonderful about being an educator, you know, and like you said, making that impact is, is absolutely grand. for it's sure. Grand. All right. So now once you started teaching or, you know, what was something, what is something you wish you knew before you went straight into teaching? I mean, you went, you know, to college, you, you became an educator, but, Man, what are some things that they didn't tell you that you wish they would have told you? Um, I wish they told me it was okay to be myself. And what I mean by that is I think early on, both in being a teacher and being a principal, I played the part. I, 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 I played the part of being a teacher. I played the part of being a, a principal where I did what I thought I was supposed to do. I did what I thought people were expecting me to do. I didn't bring in music. I didn't bring in my love for sports. I didn't bring in because I thought that was like extra. And I stuck to the curriculum. I did the, the assessments, the pre-assessments and the reports and the notes home. And they were so dry and so boring. And I wish they told me to just be who I am. And, and the the students are, and, and, I, and that did adapt after a couple of years in the classroom was I'd do a couple of things and they'd think it was funny or I'd bring in, you know, I was, I'm in new England, but was a Miami dolphins fan. So I bring in the dolphins things and we'd always have a little jab, like the dolphins are going to, and it became a much more personal kind of relatable person. And even when I was a principal, the first year I was very like, I'm the boss. I have to act the part. And my uh, counselor, her name was Melissa, came to me, who, who I knew a little bit better because we talked a lot off, you know, about kids and different things. She says, you're, you're, you're funny and you're, you're relatable. Why are you always sending things out that sound like business? And I was like, I thought that's what a principal's supposed to do. And she said, no, add some emotion, stop with your bullets, like not literal bullets, like bullets in the, and, and she's like, just be yourself. And I was like, oh, okay, so that's, and, and, and that's something I want to share with teachers that if you love music, if you love art, if you love to dance, if you love whatever it is, bring that into your classroom. The kids are going to love it. And I think the second thing, and I, and I shared that in my interesting fact, is you can't wing it in this job. And I thought I could to start and it didn't work. 
not only was I playing a teacher, I thought I could wing it because I was, I have a, a degree, right? I got hired and you can't, it takes time and effort. Um, I think a third thing, if we want to keep going on is be efficient, make sure what you're doing actually has, you know, we're going to use this word again. And I talk about a lot in the book has an actual impact. We work really hard, but does it pay off? So if you're a teacher and you leave every day exhausted, make a list of what you're doing and then prioritize what's the most important. Look at the bottom 25, 30%. If that's not making a real big difference, stop doing it. As a principal and now a district leader, I'm telling you, stop doing it because it doesn't make that much of an impact, but it's stressing you out. And, you know, I have a little chart of things that I do, like what is low effort and high impact? Do those things. It don't take a lot of effort and high impact. We talk about, you know, the leadership lounge is, a, is a, a time where we get together. I send out two emails a week. It takes me about 15 minutes of effort. And I get so much out of that hour every week. So it's low effort, high impact. And I think that would be the third thing. Find things and be an efficient educator. Don't, don't brag how hard you work. Brag how efficient you work. Ah, there you go. And, you know, and that kind of goes along the lines. I know that we've seen a lot of that at least um, you know during this time of remote instruction where it's oftentimes it's educators or administrators or just wearing that that as a badge of honor like oh man i was up till you know 9 p.m working on this or working on this or answering emails and doing this it's like self-care you know take care of yourselves why are you doing that's the first thing i say why are you doing that exhaustion does not equal productivity you know and and that's the thing you know that you wearing it like i'm proud that i stayed up till so and so working i was like man you know and and one thing that i mentioned i did a pre pre pre-show uh little live on instagram i said and and i kind of go back to the words that al thomas told me once he goes you know the one thing that you're saying if there's one thing you're saying yes to that means you're saying no to something else so if you're saying Mm. yes to answering work emails and answering this and doing this at these hours that means you're saying no to family spouse significant yeah yeah. no that's most yeah most importantly self-care oh my goodness you know that's so important yeah yeah for sure so with your learning experience and coming in here and now in the various roles you know and before we jump into you know the the power of connections but i i just always love to hear how educators and leaders such as yourself you know and just so people can see you know we all go through these things what has if you can share an example of maybe a mistake or a failure that you experienced and and what was it that you learned from it? And and I know as educators, we can have many, but if there's one that you may be able to share and say, hey, this is the way I adapted, I overcame. And, sure. You know. And um, I'm going to talk, I'll do it quicker, but I'll talk about two, one from the teaching and one from a leadership role. Um, and the teaching one kind of goes of, I wish somebody told me this, is to not wing it. So I was teaching this lesson about um, American history. And I was an elementary student. So it's like, you know this stuff, right? They're four-year-old, they're, they're fourth grade kids. Like, I, what question are they gonna ask that I don't know? So they asked me a question about, I remember this, like I was 22, about the uh, the culture of, of civilization where they, the group of people would push cattle, like they'd ride their horses, push the cattle over a cliff. And the, the cat, that's how they could, gather a lot of food at one time. And someone said, oh, do you think that's true? And I was like, 
who would do that? Like I, I just was would wing it. Like I made it up because I, I didn't prepare. I didn't research enough about the lesson in the story. And sure enough, someone went home and said, oh, Mr. Joseph said that that, that can't be true because what kind of people would do that? And, and the parents said, you're totally wrong. And I was like, oh, okay. That, that this culture of Native Americans did that. And um, not only was I insensitive to the, the culture of people that I didn't know what I was teaching because someone asked a question, I didn't know the answer and I just made it up because I was acting the part as a teacher because I thought I needed to know everything. And I had wish I had just said, I don't know that, that doesn't sound right to me, but let's pause and take a minute and it's okay to do that. And that was definitely a, a failure that I still remember that I just made something up because I thought I had to be the act like the teacher and it was wrong. And it, it um, it's obviously still bothersome to me third, you know, 20 something years later. Um, so don't wing it. <laughs> Say you don't know when you don't know. It actually shows your strength, not your weakness. Um, and a failure I had as an administrator is that I early on, I was influenced by local and meaning like if we in, in the hiring practice where if we had a great paraprofessional or a great mother volunteer that, and they had the certification, then they applied for the job. I, I felt pressure to hire those individuals because they were part of our community. They were well-known. They, they might not have been the best candidate, but man, I'm gonna get a lot of points by hiring these folks, right? But then I would observe them and be like, I know only two other people would have been a better fit. And my role as a principal, and for all of our principals out there, we really only have two, two jobs. Make the school safe and make sure the kids have the best education possible. That's it. The rest fall into tasks. So when I wasn't hiring the best person, that was definitely something I wasn't being a leader. I was, I was doing, I was following in the line of what I thought I needed to do. And that was definitely one I corrected quickly. Wow. And the, Man, thank you so much for sharing that and just being very open about that, especially just as a teacher, that's okay to be vulnerable and not know the answers to everything, which, you know, is something that is very important. And then even as a, as a leader, you know, learning from that, you know, that could be applied in so many different areas. But, you know, I really appreciate you sharing that because those are definitely very useful and uh, to know. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and for those of you watching or learning, it's OK. And, you know, I've been in the principal seat for 10 years in a district position for, for five. It's OK to say, I don't know right now. Let me look it up. If it's the fourth time I've asked you, eh, you probably should figure it out by now. But if it's the first time and you got to take some time, that's totally OK. It really is. Excellent. Well, I, now I went to your website and I want to talk about <laughs> something there. On, on your website that just really I just laser focused on and I, I told you you know prior to the show this is something that I definitely wanted to talk about because usually I'll ask uh, you know our guests you know what is your biggest fear and one of the things actually you, you kind of answered that for me but I would love for you to elaborate on this because it's something that I really laser focused and it says here your biggest <laughs> fear is wasted potential talk to us about that Matt what 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 do you mean by that um, well, I think it's a very personal thing at first where I still remember my, again, these are things that made an impact on me because at, at 50 or almost 50 next month, I remember them when I was a junior in high school and was asking um, for letters of recommendation and our guidance counselor said, you know, I'm going to write this and I believe it, that you're a diamond in the rough and you need the right support. You have the potential. 
And as I said, the fifth grade teacher who I met gave me my first job because saw that I had the ability to work with kids. This guidance counselor, Nancy Wachowski from you know, Pittsfield High, wrote that in, in, in my letter. And when I got into Springfield College, people pushed me into a leadership position. They saw something that I wasn't even either looking for, believed it was there, or was ready to take advantage of. But through those individuals, through people who continually took a chance and, and pushed me in the right direction, saw that I had some ability to do a specific job. And then when I became a, a, a teacher, same thing, Apple came calling and they said, we think you can do this job, launch this for your district. And I was like, me? I'm like 32 years old and I just started to use computers. And they like, yeah, you have something that, and that's been a, a a thread of mine throughout my, my career and, and I have tried to maximize those opportunities. And then when I when I got to a point, probably the last 10 years to see how fortunate I was that other people saw that in me, that I said, I have to do that, pay it forward in a sense, not in a Hallmark greeting card, like, oh my gosh, he's doing this for people. Just meaning that's just the belief that I have that what I see and work with aspiring teachers, teacher leaders that, and I see something, even if they don't see it, I'm going to point it out. I'm going to say, this is something you can do. You can write this, you can do this, you can be this teacher. And I think it's just, I mean, I, when people say, what's the most proud, something that you're very proud of and, and usually surprise them, surprise them because I've published, now I'll have three books out. I've published articles. I've spoken in m many States. The thing that I'm most proud of is seven people who've done their practicum with me are sitting principals. Like that's important to me that people, teachers who did their practice principaling, whatever they call it, the principal hours with me are sitting principals now in, in Massachusetts or one is in, in a different state. And for me, I think that gives my work value and merit back from the days when I was a floundering, you know, high school kid, just like, I'm so just happy to be around people. And I think the work that I do, like, you know, especially in the, the modern mentor, the book I wrote, it's how impactful mentoring and supporting others can be in, in having that mindset. And, and even weaved into the, the new book, The Power of Connections, how connecting with you, connecting with other people and putting your ego aside, like no matter where you are. I just wrote an article actually with, with Shannon Moore for Tech and, Tech and Learning Leader. And she's a um, an educator in California and she's kind of starting up and I'm a little bit more established. And of course I'm going to help out. She's driven. Like she has a potential. I want to help that out, person out. And for me, that gives purpose. And as you said, like our students, you, you leave an impact. Uh, I'm on, you know, the back nine, I'm probably a whole 17, 16, 17 in my career. I want to make sure when I'm finished, other people carry that on because uh, that's another failure. Here's a real big one, but it ties into this. When I was in my first principal job, Hill Roberts, we were a floundering school. We and we have state testing and we were scoring in the mid sixties. And I went in like a ball of fire, like we're going to do this with my energy. And I, I did it all. I did helped everybody, trained everybody. We were in the high eighties, low nineties when I left and like, we're doing great things. And when I left the school plummeted down because I did everything and I didn't empower people. And I, and I realized when I went in you know, further on in my career that if I don't empower other people to be great, then it's actually not making a lasting impression. It's just putting a bandaid on the problem. So when I spot talent and I, I see someone who has the drive, even if it's 
they don't have the talent to match the performance that is desired, you can work with that if they have the drive. So that's something that, and, and I think, sadly, I see it in some of my early friends and, and, and my father and different things who had potential and just chose a different path. And I have a great friend who's in, you know, back home now, we'll get into who, but he never finished, dropped out of college. He, and I was, he was someone I looked at like, he's going to be successful, smart, good looking, great family. And who am I, the single, you know, kid from a single mom who's got his free lunch ticket. And he's been in the same job, low paying job for 30 years. And I think for me, there's a, a lot of emotional pieces to that, knowing where I'm at and how fortunate I am. And, and I also see the successes when other people do rise up. Like I, I get so proud to, to see them. Some people at, at Codebreaker who are writing books now that I had a chance to, to, to connect each other. And like that, that's where I get my sense of pride from. When other people, I have a piece of that. And, and you know, you look at coaching, you look at any leadership, they're proud when the team wins, not when they get coach of the year or something like that. And that's when I find pride when other people are succeeding because I could support them in, in, in some capacity, because I'm sitting here talking to you because of all the people who laid the bricks for me. Man, that is so powerful. And I just thank you so much for just sharing that, like just coming from your heart. Like I can, I mean, this is <laughs> you, like this is really you like coming and you're just sharing. And I mean, thank you so much for this because it's so refreshing for myself, you know, as, as somebody that aspires to continue to be a leader or even grow in that capacity, you know, just to learn from others such as yourself. And like you said, the importance of those that have gone before you that have, you know, helped you out or inspired you in some way is just, it does make a big impact. And I want to give a shout out to Tim Cavey, Teachers on Fire, who's joining oh, us. He does some great stuff for sure. Yeah, joining us on Twitch. It says, leading others to greatness equals the best way to build a lasting legacy. Thank you, Tim, for joining us. Appreciate you. Uh, man, and you know, everything that you said there was just so spot on and it just really resonated with me. And like I spoke with you earlier, I said, you know, there's just something about you. <laughs> and, Hopefully and, that's and, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. And and I would really want to talk now, you know, about the power of connections. I know that this is a, a book that you're that you're working on. It should be due out soon. But one of the things that I really enjoy is like for myself, I call it my PLF, my personal learning family. Everybody mm -hmm. that I connect with, I really consider family because, uh, and it could be also just myself growing up as an only child. I didn't have brothers and sisters. So uh, I, I just, you know, everybody that I get to meet, I, I'm like, oh, they're like my family now. Like I can reach yeah. out to them and connect with them. And I have so many people that I've been able to connect with that I learn from continually. And when I had the opportunity to, uh, you know, obviously, number one, learn about Codebreaker, even though I had followed Brian for years, you know, when I was in the classroom, but then now being more present myself on social media and, you know, Brian being just amazing and putting our podcast there too on the, nice. on the Codebreaker webpage and, you know, getting to meet other educators such as yourself, you know, you really do have this something about you that you are a great connector you're you and and i mean you connect with us at that professional at that personal level but you also connect us it, you know people from 
all over the world. Like we were talking about different time zones. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about what the power of connection, the, the personal aspect. What does this mean to you as Matthew Joseph, the power of connection that now it made an impact on you that now you're, you're putting it out there to share with the world? Oh, wow. I mean, I feel like I'm on Oprah, um, how, how this personal piece of it, uh, but, but it's true. And I think, as you said, you grew growing up as, you know, with no brothers and sisters. And I grew up kind of get myself to school every day from, from third grade and just wanting to fit in and, and, and have a friend group. And then when I found, you know, like professionals, so what actually was happening was in, in, you know, I write about this in chapter three is that not all connections are beneficial is when you're in a school and you have people who don't have the same drive as you and don't have the same aspirations and they're just either cheerleaders for their own work or they're anchors to drag you down. It's like, gosh, I got to surround myself with some good people. And I started to go to job alikes in Massachusetts and meeting some driven educators and like, I wanted to spend more time with them. They may be two hours away, but I'm going to find a way to, to connect with them. And then I was fortunate enough to be asked to speak in my career early in my principal career at the at MESPA, which is Mass Elementary School Principal Association. And then they were bringing people in from all over the state. And this was just a new experience for me. Like, wow, I get to meet principals from all over. And, you know, granted, there was refreshments in the evenings and different things, but you got to connect and meet. And I started to get more driven. And I found the more that I would surround myself with driven people, the better I would be. It would raise my game. And, uh, you know, I talk about, you know, I have a tech and learning a lot, tech and learning summits. We brought people from all over the country together. And what it did for me, and again, I talk about envy and jealousy in, in, the, in the book where I wasn't jealous of other people's success because that brings people down. That That's a bad sign. I was envious, but not in a bad way. Like my great friend, somebody who influenced me is you know carl hooker and, and adam and adam file i'm actually going to lubbock the three of us and they were keynoting at a tech and learning event and, and i'm looking up like i want to do that i don't want to knock them down i want to be better and the more i surround myself with good people and, and driven people and i can learn from, from from the way you you know lead lead at your school the way so you know georgina leads over in jordan the way tim is is leading up in canada like i learned from that so then I really, the book came to me about two years ago at FETC when we were in Miami. And I was like, so just excited to meet some people I hadn't had a chance to meet. Kristen Nan, I got to speak with Michelle Moore. I got a chance to meet with, um, and from, 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 from Flipgrid who, and I'm just running around like a crazy person, right? Taking photos with everybody. Like, this is fabulous. And then when I left, I'm like, man, I missed them. And I started to do work with, each of them in their own capacities. And I was like, this is awesome. And people were saying, how did you do that? How did you do that? And I was like, well, let me explain. And that's kind of where it came from is just saying, this is, this is possible. I keep learning. It's really a self, you know, you know, Texas boy, Matthew McConaughey, I read his book, green lights. And it's essentially, he's just talking to the, talking to you. And that's what this book is. It's just me rattling off, you know, 3000 words of how you can grow. If you're driven enough, to get out of the way and try these new things, go on podcasts, go into Voxer groups, join Twitter chats, you know, be a part of a, a community. You're going to benefit. It's such a win-win, which is the W in power, but the win-win situations, I've won so much from connecting with you, connecting with other leaders that we often point out 
the negative in situations like, oh, I can't do the leadership allowance because it's Fridays at 10. That's true. But that's a solvable problem if you rearrange it or you can't come. That's OK. Don't cut it down. Maximize it. Join once a month. Do you know I can't go to all these events, but now they're virtual. Sign on. You know, you watch your podcast, watch Tim's podcast on Saturday mornings or, or webisodes or whatever the framing na naming is. You have that capability. Don't tell me you can't do it or don't have the time. If you maximize those situations in that time together, you're going to get something out of it. And for me, when I was, you know, actually Brian approached me and said, because my first book is called The Power of Us, where it's talking about collaborative schools, how to create collaboration in schools. And he said, can you do that outside? And I was like, heck yeah. Um, and this is what it it comes for. Yeah, perfection is the is the enemy of great. <laughs> the more we focus on trying to be perfect and, and we joked about, you know, things, the way I dress or different things. Like this is my professional look. Like I'm psyched to show off my BC, my Lester. I'm comfortable. I get to chat with you who I am. I mean, the first line of the book is be unapologetically you. And once I was able to do that, once I realized if people don't like this guy, turn it off. And, and again, and wherever, whatever your thoughts are on Howard Stern, I'm a big fan. More people listen who don't like him. And he'd always say, if you don't like what I say, turn it off. If you don't like this message, then find a message that fits you better. Don't say it's wrong. Just say it's, it's not for you. And there, there's individuals out there that aren't a great fit for you, but doesn't mean it isn't for another person. So finding those connections finding the avenue to, to start. So I talk about how that how you start, how to, to dive into this. And then I also write about those who are, are very connected. What else can you do? How can you show somebody else? So that's essentially it. It's actually done. It's, I think, on the way to be printed. It's, it's coming out real soon. Man, I'm just really excited and so just thrilled about this because everything that you, you just said right now, we're getting a lot of love from Tisha Poncio, who's joining us. Thank you, Tisha. Again, oh, she was, she, yeah, that's yeah, great. Tisha Poncio is here. You know, she's a, a great, great, uh, just supporter also as well. She's a wonderful educator, very passionate. We've got so many people here. So thank you all for your support and being here and catching the show. And I'm just thankful like right now that you mentioned, I was like, sometimes I was like, man, I know my, my podcast is a little different, kind of like you said, it's like little Oprah-ish, just kind of digging in deep. But because I really care, I, I, I want to connect with people and, and I want other educators and creators to connect with other guests in that personal level to see their struggles and see how they've overcome and their passions. And man, like you're just like really just fitting that mold of what I, I, I aspire to do now. You know, like you said, you know, I, I, no, well, I can see how much you enjoy it. I can see how much you tweet it. Like you love it and, yes. and, and you, they get the best of you. And if you don't like doing something, stop doing it. And, you know, I learned this early on. I, you know, again, interesting or failure, whatever, wherever you put these, I learned early on when I would go to a presentation, I'd be watching the door, like who's coming in, who's who read it. Let me check the clicks. Let me. And I started to realize the groups that I had the best connection with were the ones that came because they wanted to learn. It wasn't about the numbers. It wasn't about a hundred people sitting in the room. It wasn't about that. It was that this is something I'm proud of and I want to share it with you. And if you receive it and do something with it, then it's great. 
And once I had that shift of not, I mean, I still look at how many people read articles and things like that. Like I'm human, right? But if somebody takes something away and they can help the little Matt Josephs out there in the world, then I'm okay if one person reads it and that one person does something with it. It was worth my time. That is amazing. Well, we've got a, a question here from Kim. Sure. <clears throat> what advice would you give to people who are introverted or socially anxious? Uh, sure. Well, first of all, since I'm really good friends with Christine Vasey, uh, who does a lot of work on uh, anxiety, and I've seen her journey, um, I know some of the things that I advised her to do and that seemed to work. So um, it depends on what you're looking to do, but I'll say really get out there and present or whatever I'm thinking you're, you're talking about. Just do it by yourself first. Create a vlog or, or um, do a single person kind of, I don't want to say play, but find something you want to share. Maybe you want to blog or write about it. You don't have to speak to anybody. You don't have to share it. Uh, like in person, you could put out your work as a first step. And as you start to to write or get things that you start to feel comfortable with, do a recording where nobody sees it. So record yourself, either a single person Zoom or, or Meet or whatever you use, your phone, and show some critical friends. Show some people you really trust. And to say, you know, this is, this is a step that I'm kind of concerned to make, not because I'm worried that it's not good enough, but because people are then gonna have, once you put this out in the world, it's free for people to comment. So talk to your critical friends and you know find three to five and say, can you watch this and give me your honest feedback? And if they're like, put this out, people need to hear it. Just know that when you do put it out, the people that was meant to hit the audience you were striving for, that's the people you listen to. There's always gonna be yahoos and trolls or whatever you wanna call it. But don't ever take criticism from anybody you wouldn't take feedback from because that's your core. And it's a, it's a scary step when you leap into very, you know, siloed work to going live for 45 minutes, yapping about questions I don't know. And that takes time and practice as I talked about, but it also takes internal strength. So share, and, and, and you could have a private channel for a long time. You know, YouTube allows you to have private channels and you share your videos with just a few people until you feel comfortable and then do, you know, however far you want to go guest, you know, do guest spot on a few different things or come to a staff meeting. You can come to Lester. If you think you said you're in Massachusetts, you can do a guest blog on my site. I'm happy to, to, to help take that step because it's incredibly fulfilling when you do overcome that and you stand in front of a group and you share something that you're passionate about and somebody just smiles back at you. It's like, okay, then it becomes enthusiasm is is contagious that once you get it and go further you're you're start to get a, a strength around you that you feel brave and you realize i think it was kim who asked that you're important and if people don't see that that's on them forget them wow that is very powerful and just great advice. Thank you so much, Matt, for sharing that. And obviously that coming from your experiences and people that you've connected with that uh, that you've learned that. Absolutely. And, and one last thing for Kim and, and, and for anybody listening or watching, don't be surprised at naysayers. Like go in, somebody watching this is going to say, why is there two men on here? Why isn't, there's going to be some naysayers 
on everything you do. But if you walk in your passion and you have intentional good, then they're just finding stuff. If it's feedback, like, okay, maybe have a third person on maybe whatever the positive, like growth mindset feedback is. Okay. Listen to that. If so, don't be surprised when it happens. Cause I'm, it's going to be a more, I'd be more surprised if someone doesn't criticize this, then we get a hundred percent affirmation. Perfect. Wow. <laughs> and it's true. I, right now, everything that you're saying, like I, I'm like taking down some mental notes and putting down time, uh, little things. Cause it's things that I want to come back to. And, and it's really <laughs> also like for myself to take down notes. And, and this is what I love about the show. Like my passion is this, like I, I everything that I'm learning, I'm like, wow, this is like my personal PD, but it's PD for everyone too as well. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, um, and it's good for me too. Like there's a win-win in it. Like it's good for me to articulate. It's good for me to, to show the flex, you know, to, to work on those emotional muscles because when you're in leadership, you're often stoic and you're often like, you know, I, I always would get in a fight with my mom because she'd buy me a briefcase and I wear a backpack. Anyone who sees me at events is like, is, is that door the Explorer? Um, no, like, so I'm comfortable wearing a backpack because it's easier and I can high five people or take photos, it goes to the efficiency piece. So the, the more you're comfortable with yourself, the more you feel empowered. Excellent. And that's what it's all about, just empowering people. So let's talk a little bit briefly uh, sure, sure. You know, before we wrap up. But at the Leadership Lounge, this, how did this come about and you know, how can people connect to it? Um, sure. So the Leadership Lounge is something I run uh, two times, actually. Uh, Fridays at 10, it's called the Leadership Lounge. When we talk more about leadership um, strategies and only because it's during the day. And what was happening is teachers were saying, I want to join. Like this Tuesday night at 7 is the Educators Lounge. And it's just an open, it's essentially like an open meeting. Like come on in and share. And sometimes we have topics and discussions. So when I signed on to, to Codebreaker and was writing the book, one of the things I hate is when people are inauthentic when they write about things they've never done. And I said, how can I write about connecting people? And yes, here's some stories, but I want some relevance. That's why I started my, my, my podcast to meet with people and why I launched the leadership launch to bring other people in. So if you wanna, you know, so this Friday we talked about summer PD and how do we do that for educators? The week before is about students. You know, how do we keep them engaged through the summer? The week, you know, some right around the power summer, we talk about how to present. And we just bring leaders from across the country together to, to chat. It's 10 Eastern. And we do every other Monday night, the Educators Lounge. So it actually, because it's a holiday, this Tuesday night at 7, uh, Lindsay Titus is coming on to talk about summer journaling and reflection and, and self-care and how you can do that. And teachers just come on and, and chat. Um, it's on the, you know, I don't have the, the, the direct link, but if you um, go to my uh, Twitter at Matthew X Joseph, there's, there's got to be a, one of the signups there. You can DM me. Um, it's on the Codebreaker website under services. Um, you can sign up. I send an email out every Thursday with kind of tips and strategies and then the link to, to both of the events. Excellent. Well, as we're wrapping up our show, Matt, I just want to say thank you so much for just, You're welcome. man, being so inspiring and just being so open, so honest, so genuine and sharing your experiences that even myself, you know, and others that are joining us here today have definitely, you know, we're getting a lot of love for you and 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 everything that you've been sharing because obviously it's something that probably is resonating maybe some things that were already there but you brought back to the forefront of our thinking mm -hmm. things that we need to do 
Uh, and obviously just always looking for things, how we can improve. And today I, I feel like I feel validated in a lot of things that because of what you've shared and the way that I've been able to grow as a leader. But then I also see like, wow, there's always room for improvement and growth. And, you know, I'm just uh, in awe of your experience and just the way that you just present <laughs> it, you share it. And it just, it resonates, man. I oh, I'm glad. So, I'm glad. Thank you. You really have a great presentation style. So I wanted to just, uh, you know, uh, end kind of on a lighter note. So these are some questions that I didn't share with you. Okay. That I'm just going to put you on the spot. So we'll see how, we'll see how that goes. So if you can have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Uh, okay. I would say... <laughs> I would have a big uh, ice cream cone and it would say, please deliver ice cream to three Washington way, Lester vanilla, please for Matthew Joseph. <laughs> there you go. So then that's your favorite flavor. You're, you're uh, a vanilla kind of guy. Uh, cherry vanilla briars. If I have a gallon, it's gone during Ooh, one movie. That cherry vanilla. You are speaking my language, my <laughs> friend. That is awesome. Oh yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. You and I definitely, when you come to Texas, if I have to I'm drive in. up four hours or five hours, we're, I'm we're in. crushing <laughs> some of that for sure. Yes, for sure. All right. And the last one, if you and I could switch roles, what would you like to ask me? What is the best hot sauce that you have in, in Texas? Because I'm a big hot sauce fan in New England. We don't have really good, authentic, either barbecue or hot sauce mm. that I could grill this summer. Best hot sauce in Texas. You know what? I'm gonna be honest with you. I am I don't buy hot sauce. Okay. And the reason that is is because my wife makes the best like salsas. And uh so I really I, I, we don't spend any money on on any of the hot sauces at all. So I really couldn't recommend anything to you, unfortunately. I feel bad because it's like, man, you've given me so much and no. I give you nothing. But, uh, but then if she would ever share that recipe, I would love to see that because oh. salsas are amazing. I love okay. it. I can definitely do that. So you will probably be getting a DM from me and we can definitely get you. I am a food. Uh, what does that build. say about me that the first two answers about ice cream and food, salsa? Like... <laughs> Yeah. Hey, no, no, no. But that's where you and I connect. Talk about the power of connection. Yeah, I'm friend. coming next week. I can't wait. And yeah. then I'll be in, in, in Austin in, in July. Yeah. I was just in San Antonio. Um, it's crazy. Texas, I, I've had more consulting work down in Texas than my own state. It's it's crazy. I love it down there. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and, and that's what we love. I mean, we have a lot of passionate educators. We have a lot of great people here. Like you see, like Tisha, you've got, I mean, you know, Texas is full of just amazing educators that are inspiring and are doing some wonderful things. So just really excited. And, you know, definitely, you know, I, I officially adopt Matthew Joseph as a Texan. I, 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 if there's a way that if I ever meet with you, I'm going to make a special certificate and say you are officially awesome. I can't wait. a Texan. <laughs> then we can do that. Uh, so, yeah. And, and just for all the Texans, listen, not in a super, again, not in a self-promotion. I don't get anything from this. Next uh, week, the event in Lubbock is free. The sponsors are letting any educator on. Um, again, I don't have all these things on the, on the ready, but Matt Holly has run the event. It's Confluence. It's in Lubbock. My website or my Twitter will have, you know, tweeting out free things, but it's free. Join in, sign up, send your staff, whatever. It's, it's just a free Texas event Perfect for anybody in the country. 
Excellent. Well, Matt, I did share your website in the chat. Right, cool. I did share your, your Twitter handle also. And even on Matt's website, he's got the links there to all his social media on the upper right. And of course, uh, if you go to our webpage, once this episode is loaded up, you will find all his bio and his links all there too as well. So you can connect with him. So Matt, again, thank you so much. I am very honored and thankful for your presence here today and everything that you had to share. That was pure awesome sauce and a lot of a lot <laughs> that'll of, uh, be our sauce that'll be our hot sauce awesome sauce there you go it's, it's <laughs> that texas awesome sauce well like guys thank you so much to tisha thank you so much to my friend margaret uh who's here also she's Hope uh, we didn't go too long for y'all no nah, it's all good my friend and uh for steph for gerardo for mel uh for tim also who's joining us and everybody else who's going to be watching this on the replay or listening to it later. Thank you so much. Again, as always, I am grateful for your support. Thank you so much for making my EdTech life what it is. If it isn't for you guys listening and giving us feedback, I mean, we just continue to grow. And like Matt noticed, you know, and he said, you know, you have a passion for this. I do. This is my passion project. This is what I love to do. And I'm just really excited to just bring on wonderful educators that can help build you up, can help share their advice and, and just help you continue to move forward in your own education journeys. So thank you so much awesome. for everything. All right, guys. So next Wednesday, we will not have a show. Our summer schedule will be changing and I will put that up on Twitter. I will be resuming my classes, you know, for the doctoral program. And now my classes will be midweek. Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So right now we are looking at shows just on Saturdays, but I'm just a machine. Like I really <laughs> like to do two shows a week and I will have Friday Fridays off since we'll be working for 10 hour days. So hit me up. I'm looking for guests for Fridays as well. Uh, I just wanted to see how that would pan out, but you're looking at Friday mornings, Saturday mornings. I think that would be amazing. Uh, but again, it's just because that's what I do. I'm passionate about it. Yes. So contact me, go to our website, myedtech.life, and then click on contact me. Let me know, hit me up, and we will make it happen. So thank you guys. I appreciate every single one of you. Make sure you follow Matt on social media, connect with him. Amazing, amazing educator, amazing leader, and an amazing connector so thank you all and we will see you next uh saturday june the 5th we will have debbie tenenbaum who's going to be on here so i'm really excited getting yeah, yeah. to talk to debbie she is an amazing educator and passionate as well so we'll see you For guys sure. here next saturday my friend thank you so much everybody it's great to connect with you until yeah. next time stay, stay techy, techy. there you go Let's